How big a bunker do I need to survive the apocalypse? Can I use a dog whistle to somehow mind control an army of dogs? Answers to these questions and more on this episode of This Paranormal Life! Hey, welcome back to the podcast. You are listening to This Paranormal Life, the podcast where every Tuesday we pick apart, dissect on the alien grey UFO operating table a different paranormal case each week and get to the bottom as paranormal investigators, whether it is true or false. And we don't do this shit with a surgeon's touch, all right? We're not up, we're not going in there with a scalpel. Mm-mm. I freaking sledgehammer this gray's head open to see what the brains are like on it the inside. It is a mechanic's touch. It is a caveman's touch. Yeah, it is gruesome and gruesome. And did I say gruesome? It's, it's pretty gruesome. That's right. And today being no exception to any other Tuesday, we've got a brand new case to dive right into and investigate. First of all, this episode comes as a suggestion from a listener. So thank you so much to Luke Headley for sending this one in to us at thisparanormallifepodcast at gmail.com. Today's story takes us to 1970s Spain. We're in the south of Spain, an extremely sleepy village in the countryside. We're talking rolling hills and mountains, beautiful villas. You were just in Spain. I was. I was in Barcelona. Yeah. Yeah, I I was in a pretty touristy trap area of it. You, um, used to, you like, specifically said, the, t- the travel agent was like, do you want to see the beautiful villas, the rolling hills? You were like, shite, no. Yeah, I said, I want a Corona Rita on the beach. They're like, that's, you know, like that, that beer's owned by Budweiser. It's not even <laughs> Spanish at this point. I want a Coors Lighter Rita on the beach. They're like, that's not a drink. Put a Rita that's- in the end. Yeah. I want a straight up Chipotle wrap. I want a Chipotle wrap on the seaside. You can do that. You can, you can do, do that, that in, in London, London, yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> but not with a Diet Coca-Rita. <laughs> yes, a Diet Coke. But I'm guessing, yeah, in 70 Spain is probably a little different to what you just experienced. But this is, this is the countryside. Mm-hmm. And it's here that Maria Gomez Camara lived and worked. And on August 23rd, she was cleaning in her house when she came across something unusual. Okay. On the stone floor of her kitchen... There was a dark stain. She thought to herself, what on earth could that be? She gets down on her hands and knees and starts to scrub at it. But it won't budge. It's very, very stubborn. And she scrubs harder and harder. You know, first she starts with the soft side of the sponge. Yeah. She's like, oh, tough guy stain. You think you're such a Scott the big guns? Yeah. She flips the sponge to the rough side. The green one where, like, where the, the business happens. Bringing out the big guns. The sponge is very much the, the mullet of cleaning utensils. You got the party on the yellow and then the business on the green. Business on the green. Absolutely. So she starts going a ton with the green side. You know, she's she's cackling at this point. It's like that saying, there's no way it's surviving this. And as, as she slowly wears away at the stone underneath, she started to notice a shape. She tilts her head and realizes what she was looking at. It's a face. What? There's a picture of a human face in the stone of her kitchen. And she's trying to remove it, and it just won't budge. At this point, she, like, recoils and stands up. She feels weirded out by this outline of a face looking back at her. Yeah. So she tries to ignore it for an hour. To her mind, this is just something spilt, and it's marked the stone, and uh, whatever, it looks weird, but I wish I could get rid of it, but fine. As time goes by, she's walking past it, and she could swear that it's changing shape, even as she walks around it. Later, her husband and son come home, and she immediately shows them. 
They were like, that's weird. Yeah, it's kind of a weird thing to have to introduce to your family when they come home. Like, I don't know. What did you say? This was in the 70s. Mm-hmm. This is like more in the era of like stay at home sort of like wives. Right. I'm guessing compared to like today's world. Sure. So it's like maybe when your husband comes home, like he's usually the ones with the stories. Yeah. How was your day? Well, because he's like, well, you were just here. So I don't need to ask you, you know, in that 70s. Yeah. 70s way yeah like he's a super condescending like <laughs> wash any good dishes today and she's like well i freaking summoned a floor genie that's right i scrubbed a tile and a face appeared did you get any wishes at least <laughs> i wish for a non-deadbeat husband yeah she shows them the stain and they're like oh whatever the men of the house are here we'll get rid of it and I don't know what they do at this point. They get out, like, the industrial scrubbers. The Mr. Muscle. They start scrubbing and scrubbing, but nothing moves. This face does not want to go anywhere. So are we talking about a stain on the floor that looks like a face? Yep. Or is this... Okay. That, all right. <laughs> you kind of cut me off there. I didn't... So that's what we're, that's what we're talking about. Oh, I about. wasn't listening. What were you going to say? <laughs> what, is it a stain on the floor? Yep. That, all right. So you, so you did hear the first time when oh, I Oh, I heard. So you said, was it a stain? It's a stain. Yeah, All but right. we're not having a conversation if I'm asking a question and then yep. you, you say that. Sorry, we say something, bro? I, I like, sorry, if you just want to talk, like, just let go me, ahead. Let me, you know what? Because it was two options. Right. So if I flip it mm. and I'll say the, the second option first and then we, you'll hear it. Okay, fine. Was it? Yeah. All right. Okay, <laughs> cool. I can see how this is going to go. So it was both of them. It was both of the options. You didn't say two things. What are you saying? Like, is it both of? I'm assuming that they just smash it with a hammer. Is that what's going to happen here? Because that's very much what I feel like should happen. Father and son tried and tried, but this didn't go anywhere. And as the days went by, this face is haunting them, taunting them at this point. Every time they walk through their kitchen, which is pretty often, we all like snacks. Yeah. They could swear that this face was changing position, even facial expression but refused to be removed. And at that point, you know, you're walking through, you don't, like, you're not taking photographs of it, not least in the 70s, to record what facial expression it was. You just, out of the corner of your eye, you catch a glimpse of it, and you're like, I feel like it's smiling at me today. Yeah, like one of those weird cardboard cutouts of humans Mm -hmm. that when you walk across the room, it looks like their eyes are following you. Yeah. Yep. It got to the point that the family were so frustrated. They said, enough is enough. This is ridiculous. I guess we stained the floor somehow. That's too bad. But we can keep looking at this thing. It's driving us crazy. So they actually went as far as, you called it, ripping up that entire section of the floor. They've got pickaxes out. They've got jackhammers. Yes! They are just tearing up that concrete. The dad squad got in there and just refurbished that son of a bitch yeah you think the dad squad does a lot of fighting crime it's kind of in the name it's a lot of refurbishing yeah more (laughs) there's a lot of dads with power tools just on call waiting for any excuse to use them because they bought that power tool on discount they thought they would get loads of use out of it but uh (laughs) uh-oh once you've fixed junior's bike once or twice it doesn't really do much else but gather dust in the and they, garage they've got all that as seen on tv shit as well oh they've got God. shake weights they've got that shit that makes juice really easily so if you call up the dad squad hotline it's like hey i've got a i've got like a face in you my need a one. shake weight bro you, you guys need some juice i'll bring the no, juice no <laughs> you didn't even let me finish i got a jackhammer for 299 <laughs> It's like, all right, Chris, that's a good deal, but we don't need the jackhammer. 299 watts, shake weights. <laughs> Christ. This is a 
internal economy of dad squads. $2.99 per month, 20 years. All right, bad deal. Don't you have a job to be at? So they tear up the concrete and then they pour in new concrete over this crater that is now their kitchen. And as soon as it sets, the face that tormented them is now gone. Nice. Easy. That was a pretty easy solution. I mean, they just had to remodel their entire kitchen. Easy. Get a cement mixer, pour new cement into it. But hey. Small price to pay. Until one week later. Oh God. Maria enters the kitchen one morning and sees the impossible. The face is back. Not only is it not gone, by all accounts, this thing is clearer than ever. It's flipping her off now. Every (laughs) facial feature is more distinct. And it's not long until the word is spreading around town. Of course, Maria and the family would love to keep this under wraps, but good luck. Maria is walking around the village looking tired as shit because she can't sleep at night because there's a human face in her flooring. People are going to ask questions. Yeah. If Maria is bringing a jackhammer around town and cement mixers into her living room, people are going to ask questions. Obviously, yeah. And not to mention, this is a very small town. Um, It's very picturesque as well, but word is going to spread fast. So while the family are now trying to get rid of this creepy face that's freaking them out, they have local villagers knocking on the door, coming to see it. They start calling it La Casa de las Caras, or the House of Faces. And I guess this is fine for the family, but as far as they're concerned, this has to go. They have plans to rip up everything. Obviously, they think something underneath the flooring is causing the shape. So, like... Right, that makes sense. You know, maybe there's some sort of, like, chemical leak that's, like, discoloring the stone. Like, I don't know, but something's doing it time and time again. This is a very smart approach for a family that seemed pretty willing to rename their house the Casa of Faces. Because <laughs> this is quite a scientific, intellectual approach. Like, yeah, as you said, like mm-hmm. maybe it's in the foundation of the house itself. Like, they've gone to that yes, rather the, than just the like... The foundations of the House of Faces uh, is all wrong. <laughs> By the way, admission is 30 bucks. <laughs> Non-refundable. <laughs> just put it in the face's mouth. Yeah, there's something satisfying about this because... In the horror movies, the family is always frustratingly stuck in their ways. It's that thing of like, oh, I don't care if the if like a demon has possessed my little boy. We're not leaving this house. Yeah, it's like this is so easily solvable. Put down a deposit on a new rental, move out, burn all your shit, whatever. Yeah, move on. Just burn it and move on. We've talked about it before on the podcast. Actually, exactly as you said, the amount of uh, movies where they're in a haunted house and they're like, maybe we could just move away, and the husband's like. No, it'll follow us. It's like, you don't know that. Try moving away. Yeah, process of elimination. Because if anything I've learned from those movies is he loves the house. It's all about the house. It's mostly about the house. (laughs) He doesn't give a shit about you. He just cares because you're in the house it's a very like self-absorbed thing to be like no 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 the ghost loves me wherever i go he'll haunt me it's like well you're in a starbucks right now and not shit isn't happening so it's probably not you soy latte for michael who said that like that was the barista you know that wasn't the ghost you're still standing at the bar (laughs) yeah like the audacity to think like if we packed up tomorrow babe and went to puerto rico this son of a bitch is following us. He's like, no, he's he's this obviously demon not. He's drinking a mai tai on the beautiful <laughs> sandy beaches. He's linked to the house just like this guy is. 
I, I assure you, Link, to the, if, you, if they move to another house, he's not going to appear on the walls, this no. little face. It's very much linked to the house. Like I say, this is refreshing, their approach to things. And something even more refreshing is about to happen. Right as they're about to rip up this floor, the goddamn mayor steps in. He catches wind of this paranormal situation, and he says, wait, not yet. Not till the mayor's had a look. <laughs> okay. I don't know if his mayor was a big paranormal believer, but he was the only one with the cojones to say, we need to research this. We need to see what's going on here. Which is pretty great for a mayor, because I don't think Sadiq Khan is doing that in London. No, if there's any cursed floorboards, I don't know if he's getting down there to investigate it. I think he's pretty nice. I don't think he's doing that. I think if you're a New Yorker with an orb in your living room, de Blasio himself isn't coming around with an EMF reader. But that's exactly what happened in this town in Spain. And the mayor went deep with this one. He teamed up with the city council to remove the entire section of concrete to study, get people looking at it, work out what's causing this thing. This is a good mayor. <laughs> this is a fair play. He's letting the people starve, the streets go to shit. But he's like, this kitchen, we're going to get to the bottom of. <laughs> Four more years. <laughs> Four more years. He's like making out with the, ma- the mouth on the floor. <laughs> Packs of wild dogs are terrorizing the streets of the city. His cabinet, mostly dogs. <laughs> I say big dog is running this town. Is that, is that a corporation of dogs? No, it's one massive dog. <laughs> He's got a right hand man, a left paw dog. They say one day they're just going to swap him out for a dog and no one's going to realize. And that's when they know the people will just take anything. <laughs> There's a goddamn dog dog running the place he's just barking into a microphone four more years four more years the dog's licking the face <laughs> so they now have experts digging into this kitchen analyzing the concrete and when they did look into this they discovered something very very unexpected underneath this concrete floor were bones oh my god human bones human skeletons in fact several feet down there were human remains dating back hundreds of years The local media goes crazy. What does this mean? Does this confirm the paranormal suspicions about these faces? Does this prove anything? Well, immediately they removed the remains and buried them in a nearby church graveyard, laying them to rest for good. It's a pretty smart move. And he's he's thinking like this before a curse has been inflicted, before ghosts are walking around in the house. This is, I like this guy. This is the kind of leadership we honestly need. Honestly, I don't care if he is a dog. He's making the right decisions. A lot of the quotes that are coming up are largely dog noises. This would make a lot of sense. Smart. He was suspiciously into the bones. <laughs> it's like, I think he just buried them himself with his paws in the graveyard. It's pure coincidence it was in a church. <laughs> so they lay a new floor in this kitchen. I mean, this thing is spanking new. You can eat your breakfast off the ground where the face used to be. Nice. And the face from before didn't return. Many, many other faces returned. What? There is not just one, there is multiple. So mysteriousuniverse.org wrote in detail about this story, um, and they wrote the following passage. Instead of one face, there were now several, each with differing facial expressions, ranging from neutral to a slight smile, to a scowl, to a look of abject agony. These faces would sometimes disappear, only to be replaced by another different face, and moving positions was not an uncommon thing for them to do. Among the faces were men, 
women, adults, children, sometimes smiling, sometimes screaming. It was obvious that something very bizarre was going on here. The story was carried in news outlets all over the country and the world, and hundreds of people from various countries came to see the famous faces. The Perez family actually took to charging admission to come see the faces, which did raise suspicions that it was being done for profit. But they remained adamant that they only wanted the paranormal images gone. Do we have so? Do we have any pictures of these faces? Absolutely, glad. Yes, I'm so glad because originally when we're talking about a stain that kind of resembles a human face, I'm thinking, okay, maybe there's. It's like um, you know those masks that they used to like show drama, like the happy yep. face mask and the sad face mask. Mm-hmm. I thought maybe something like that. But now you're saying it's so clear that they can even detect the gender of these faces and the age of these faces. Yeah, so I'll show you some here. I don't know what you'll think of it. I think you'll get the sense that they differ quite widely. But this can't be the... They look... These are... What? Why do they all look so different? They do look pretty different. No, but not even the faces. That's like... That's a charcoal painting. I'm not saying the faces <laughs> look different. These images look different. Right. Well, uh, Rory, hundreds of visitors from all around the world with all different types of cameras came to visit. And one came with a Game Boy camera? Absolutely, they did. Uh, this is insane. <laughs> I do recommend looking up the faces of Belmez on Google Image. You will see that some of them are so vague that you can understand Maria when she was cleaning her kitchen and she was like, oh, that's weird. That's a kind of stain. Yeah. And then others are just like very <laughs> it's detailed painting. depictions. Yeah. It's an actual just painting of a human. Not even like there's bodies in here. Yeah. Like there's faces and bodies and hair and they're all posing. It's just it's art on the floor. Right. It's not a stain at this point. Mystery art. Yeah. To a certain degree. There's some of these I'm really Paranormal glad that I saw, art. and there's some of these I wish I hadn't seen. Ghostly art, demon art, <laughs> art by a demon themselves. I think um, we talked about this before in the podcast. Any point in which the paranormal story turns to a point where the person inflicted <laughs> is now making money off of what happened, uh, it always leaves a bit of a bitter taste. Yeah, they started charging straight up cash to see the faces. So basically, once these images, once the uh, word about the faces of this house got out, an army of paranormal investigators descended on the house of faces to try and prove, once and for all, whether the phenomenon was real or not. It was described by some, and this is... It's weird because I, I I hadn't heard a lot about it. I maybe heard a whisper of it online. Yeah. Um, it's well, that's well. why we didn't go. <laughs> also because it was the 70s. <laughs> of course, yeah. But at the time, some were saying this is the most significant paranormal event of the 20th century. It kind of captured people's imaginations. And paranormal investigators are like bees. And a paranormal event is the queen bee. Wherever the queen bee is, we'll go there. We'll flock to it. We'll protect it. We'll investigate it. We, we move as a hive. If we sting once, we'll die. We're going extinct. <laughs> We're going extinct. But if, without us, the planet would be doomed. There's a lot of different yeah. aspects yeah. to take. We make sweet, delicious truth honey that you can spread on your <laughs> toast in the morning. Honeys are bees podcasts. And you can quote them on that. I don't know a lot about bee facts, but I'm pretty sure... Like a paranormal investigator, they don't have a lot of sex. 
And maybe if they do, it kills them. Again, it sounds right. It sounds right. It sounds right, and it sounds good. Yeah, we live short lives, and we protect the queen. That's all we do. <laughs> Make that sweet, sweet truth, honey. <laughs> Who is the queen? The queen is whatever paranormal shit's going on. The queen is okay. the greys. The queen is Area 51, sir. And I will protect the queen with my stinger. Will protect Area 51? I don't get it. I will flock to it and protect it, but okay. only once, because then I die Obviously. if I actually do anything. If I swing a single punch. You go to Area 51 and swing a punch, you probably will die, yeah. <laughs> just walk up to the biggest guard at Area 51, cock your fist and go, For the queen! <laughs> and swing it. You are going to get shot rocked. by 50 snipers before your fist even meets his face. Your little bee body just explodes from every sniper bullet. Yeah. Buzz, buzz, sir. Reports went that these paranormal investigators even cordoned off the rooms so that no one could come or go from the room for three whole months. And when they returned, the faces had absolutely moved and transformed in that time. I forgot we weren't talking about bees until you said the faces. You said they cordoned off the room and I was like, because of the bees? I was like, wait, shit, we're not talking about, we're not investigating bees. The bees was a bad <laughs> metaphor at best. It's a terrible metaphor that went on for way too long. We're back on the faces. But whilst some of these researchers were absolutely convinced that the faces were not caused by paints or dying or interference of any kind, others were skeptical, namely the Spanish Interior Ministry, who launched an investigation with concrete specialists to determine the cause, as well as the Journal of the Society for Psychical Research, publishing a review of research on the topic. Um, so these are pretty, needless to say, officious organizations, yeah. and they pretty much believed that this could be achieved with acids or very specific corrosive cleaning products that someone if they wanted to they oh, could kind okay. of without painting the stone they could burn away images right right so like using a i guess strong enough acidic liquid just kind of leave could, it there overnight or... with an acid yeah and right create okay. those images hey that's pretty smart but there was and this is kind of a an interesting story because there's a little bit of leeway with all of this information some people were convinced it was real other people decided that it was absolutely caused by acids and cleaning products. Others said that, no, we've we've controlled for that circumstance. You can't just burn away these images that easily. So we're essentially left with two possible mechanisms for how this happened. One's paranormal and one's not. The one that's not is that this is a straight up scam. Mm -hmm. Granted, some of the signs are there. They started charging at the door. That's always a good sign. They, rena they <laughs> renamed their house, the House of Faces, right off the bat. And the fact that some of these prestigious societies have said, this looks like it's physically possible to do. Yeah. But on the paranormal research side, people were saying that this could be an example of photography. Okay. I'm and not familiar with the, the word. Neither was I. So this is kind of fascinating, but this is the idea of wherein photography, you use a device to capture light and impress that on a film or now a digital sensor to create an image. Thought I thought it was magic, but all right, that sounds right though. You thought it was magic? You I have 
That's why I've been calling it the wizard box for 12 years. You have a ton of cameras. I think, didn't you study film? Wouldn't you collect magical shit if you thought it was magic? You did refer to your university as Hogwarts most of the time, now that I think about yeah, it. Yeah, on my photography course. Right, well, you're calling it photography course now because I think I just explained to you what photography is. But before, you, you called it Magic 101. Like, what are we studying today, Grandmaster? You have to stop calling me that. It's been one and a half years and we haven't learnt a single spell yet. You must know, even if you thought you were in Hogwarts, you're taking the wrong class. You haven't got past the first lesson about exposure. Exposure to the dark arts? Get out. Just get out. Just leave it. Leave now. We tried to expel him, but he has so much money. He just keeps paying for tuition fees over and over. <laughs> what was that spell? Expel. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Kit, when we bottle up our emotions, it can start to affect us negatively. Sometimes it's important that we get stuff off our chest. Tell me about it. I found a UFO in the forest and now this thing is attached to my chest. Jesus, that's an alien. Mm -hmm. All right, I was speaking metaphorically about dealing with emotions and talking about our feelings by using services like BetterHelp. I don't need to talk about my feelings. This thing can read my mind. Therapy can be a great way to set boundaries and become the best version of yourself. With BetterHelp, you can get matched with a life licensed therapist that suits your needs. It's online, convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You're saying they can get things off my chest, like uh, Zonktar here? Don't give it a name. Maybe me and Zonktar can sign up for better help together. Give it a shot, and whatever it is, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Paranormal Life today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Paranormal Life. Oh. <laughs> But in photography, this is where you use a telekinetic ability, the power of the mind itself through a paranormal unknown mechanism to create an image. So the idea here is that Maria or someone else in the house either knowingly and deliberately was using their mind to create these images. Okay. Or in some kind of unconscious X-Men way, their emotions were being reflected onto the stone of their own house. Wow. 
which opens up a whole can of worms because this is stuff that we allude to when we talk about ghosts. We say, what if the memory or the feelings or something traumatic happened in this house and now it's in the walls? Yeah, yeah. And this is just a very literal description of that. But now having kind of explained to you the basics of this story and what I think we're left with as the two possible mechanisms for how this has happened, do either one of those make sense to you? This is quite an interesting one to investigate because the case is the evidence and we have the evidence. We will. We have pictures of it, which we don't always have the luxury of when we're investigating the paranormal. As we said, there's two options here. It's quite suspicious when someone starts monetizing the paranormal. That's usually a little red flag for me. But then also, some of those pictures you showed me, they look a lot more what I was imagining in my head. Quite a vague, ambiguous, haunting face burnt into the stone. Some of them look like paintings from a museum that are, were just ancient ones done on cave walls or something. Mm-hmm. They were almost Fair. too precise. I wouldn't even... That's not a stain at that point. That's a very, very well-painted picture. I probably yeah. couldn't do that on paper <laughs> to yeah. give you an idea of how well-defined these images are. Yeah, it definitely raises the question because whenever you see an outline of a face, some of those look like whenever you press your face against a frosted like icy pane of glass yeah and the outline of your face is there some of them look like that and you kind of go okay maybe a ghost is pressing his face against the concrete i don't know yeah but whenever like you say (laughs) it's a drawing it's a straight up drawing of bodies and hands and hair that's like what's the idea here is the ghost drawing it yeah, because it's not pushing itself against the rocks anymore. Yeah. It's just a painting of humans. Somehow it's a little less creepy. I guess there is the angle that maybe this is Maria is doing a mind painting, but sure. immediately that's less interesting. And also we lose the connection to, by the way, all the skeletons that were underneath the concrete. <laughs> sure. The only thing I can do is put myself in the mind, like talk about my own experiences dealing with really horrific stains. And I only have one experience that I'm going to disclose. It's the worst experience I've ever had with a stain before in my life. Fine. This is a true story. There was one morning where I woke up and I was apocalyptically hungover. Sure. And it was like a blasting hot day. You know, you look like Smeagol in bed. Yeah. You, you, you didn't wear any covers because you're just like a little rat. Um, I woke up and I was trying to uh, find any, literally anything to drink because yep. my mouth was so dry. And the only thing I had was a novelty IV drip filled with sugar blood. <laughs> so <laughs> it was, it's was. it been in my drawer for about two years. I don't know how I got it. It's one of those things you just it's, have had it's forever. A, it's a promotional item of some description. Sure. It's just a fake IV drip a filled with like IV. red sugar liquid that right. looks like blood. And I was like, this is at least something that will put liquid in my mouth. Yeah, it's it's like 20 foot closer than the tap with water. Which at that point was like delivering the ring to Mordor. Of course. It was a whole thing. And again, I'm Smeagol. So as much <laughs> as I want point. that ring, <laughs> it's not worth it. Uh, so I grabbed that little sachet 
and I do the dumbest shit thing that I think everyone's done in their life once, which is they think they can drink while lying down. Yeah, which is based on nothing because you never do it in no, life. No, nobody ever it's does. based on nothing. You only do it when you're desperate. And, I, and on top of that, I squeeze the sachet. So, so a whole IV drip full of fake blood went shooting over my face, of all down my bed. I didn't have a mattress protector on at the time, so wow. it just went like waterfall of fake blood all mm-hmm. over my hungover face. I got up, ran to the bathroom. It was too late. It had soaked in. It looked like I had murdered someone on the sheets. Holy shit. It was so bad. And I was so hungover, and it was such an awful stain that all I could do was flip the mattress and hope that no one ever looked on that side. Especially when I moved out and they thought I had maybe killed a prostitute. But that was... (laughs) This is you in an AA meeting. My name's Rory and this is my story. But my point being, the the reason I took you on that, that terrible journey with me was because when I created that ghastly haunting stain... I didn't call it the Casa de Blood. I didn't monetize it or take weird pictures. I flipped the mattress. Got rid of it. And I tried to hide it from anyone. And I know we had a little bit of that at the start where she didn't necessarily want to tell people about the face. But I think at any point, if you're trying to make monetary gain off something that is genuinely haunting you, those are two conflicting sides here. And I was... That stain haunts me to this day. Someone moved into that room with a mattress flipped down. Someone's going to flip that mattress kit and they're not going to know what happened. And then the next night they're going to flip it over again and there's going to be a stain on the other side. They go, wait, I thought I flipped it already. And the stain keeps coming back. Next thing you know, it's the Casa de la Blood. They're charging 20 bucks a head to see the thing. I could have been doing that from day one. So I think if my own experiences are anything to draw on, I don't trust these guys. I don't think this is a legitimate paranormal case. Unfortunately, the fact that the scientists can pretty strongly conclude that this could be done with reasonably acidic cleaning materials, Mm -hmm. which is well within the grasp of uh, the tenants of this house. I don't know. There's too many things that are putting me off calling this thing paranormal. I pretty much agree. One of the things people said about this was (laughs) even if the uh, original House of Faces was legitimate and paranormal and Maria had some sort of paranormal powers. Since Maria died um, in the last 20 years, she died in 2004, the faces have kept going and everyone's in agreement that the faces that are there today are absolutely a scam. Right. Which doesn't ruin the original story necessarily, but it shows you that some part of this is a scam. It's a Some sh- part of this is a bona fide scam. <laughs> yeah, it's a shame because the original face is co- is a cool enough story by itself. Yep. To have that taken away and examined, that's quite cool. The fact that now a series of faces came back all more intricately designed than the originals, yeah, it's... It's overkill, isn't it? It's a bit too much. <laughs> it sounds like we're coming down a couple no's today. Yeah. Like if my if the mayor of London had come and taken my blood-soaked mattress out of my room and the next day I go to bed and there's like human organs falling out of the thing, you know, that's that's one thing. But uh if I had just gone back and be like, there's more blood now, look at it. People wouldn't believe me. They wouldn't. Be- I mean, they shouldn't have believed me the first time, to be fair. I don't know what the mayor's doing with that mattress. <laughs> so this one might divide opinion. We've come down on two no's today to say that this is not just a no, but a scam. Um, 
that's unprecedented on this show. But maybe you disagree. Maybe you know more about this case than we do. That's probably true. You can let us know what you think about it by emailing thisparanormallifepodcast at gmail.com. As always, hit us up in the socials, twitter.com forward slash thisparalife or facebook.com forward slash thisparanormallife. Email us in and let us know about all the times that you've tried to drink a liquid while lying down. Tell us about the most (laughs) horrific stains of your life. We want to hear it all, folks. Emotional stains and physical. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you're listening to This Paranormal Life and you simply can't get enough, always know, do not forget that we do have a backlog of bonus episodes available to listen to on patreon.com. Patreon for the uninitiated is the way that we make this podcast possible, the way that you make it possible for us to keep doing. Uh, It's a way that creators like us can create things like podcasts and then the people who enjoy it, the people who listen to it and make it possible, you can donate a certain amount of money and get rewards in return. You're you're being too obscure here, man. All right, look, it's it's the hive. It's the beehive. You want your truth, honey? You drop a nugget of pollen right, in well, the that's hive. Like, that's like one way. I mean, I think that I think, I think they get a it different now. Different type of metaphor, but like I would say, it's probably closer that we we create something, we create a thing, and then you take your thing and you give it to us, and then we can give like you bee, back like a bee a would. Thing. I guess it is a bit like, like a, a bee. bee. Like you give us pollen, you're just you're confusing mm. them. I guess it is. Because if you say too many words, like email addresses, sign up, five, like all these numbers and like nerd shit, it's just off-putting. The more you Mm. talk about bees, people really get on. So if you guys, here's the buzz. You want to know what's hap hap happening at the hive? We need you to sting us. Yeah, Yeah. and it'll kill you, but it'll be worth it. So do that over at (laughs) Patreon.com, where for as little as five Five bee tokens, (laughs) five. Things a month, or as you little can, as five, five honey dollars a month, you, you can, can get, get access to a whole backlog of truth, honey. That's right. We have stuff over at Patreon.com. That's the place to go if you want to get access to more this paranormal life. And we do like to take time at the end of the episode of every episode to shout out some of the little buzzing <laughs> bastards who supported us on Patreon, and that's what we're gonna do right now. A very special thank you to. Corey Botsko. Corey Botsko, the CEO of Botsko, they are one of the world's premier bot manufacturing companies. Wow. The height, the premier of bot technology. Botsko, where the bots go, I think was their slogan. I think so. I think Corey came up with that himself. Which was cute, but it didn't make a lot of sense. Not massive. Because the bots don't go there, and they come from there. They come from there. I mean, I don't think he has many responsibilities in that company. Also, since the whole bot murder rampage scandal a couple years back, I don't think Botsko has a great PR image. Too bad it's his last name, so he can't really back out. Yeah, they had to change it to... Bots go where the bots go to get decommissioned from (laughs) because of the murder spree. Yep. Little less exciting slogan, but hey, thanks for the support, man. Thanks also to Carrie Ketter. Carrie Ketter, the go-getter. She goes door-to-door selling Carrie Berries, which I thought was actually quite a cute thing. Like, hey, do you want to buy a Carrie Berry? I found out 
Carrie Berry is like street slang for methamphetamine. Shush. Yeah, she was basically door to door selling heavy drugs. That's very cruel because it's definitely it sounds like a mix between what a berry and a care bear. Yeah. But it's actually hardcore methamphetamine. Really hard, like nasty stuff. Like designed for bad trips. Yeah. <laughs> like you know when you get those like those pills that are like, hey, you have a, a, a Mc, mm-hmm. McCloud, man, or yeah, a floaty like, like a dro- unicorn on it. Yeah, and then you get those other ones that are like, have a, you know, a, a little drop of demon shit, you know, and it's like, it's got like, like devil horns on it, you know, those really hard stuff. Carrie's berries are pretty much the worst of it all. Mm-hmm. It's designed, like, some people say it just opens the gates of hell right in front of you as soon as it drops. For everyone or just you? <laughs> For everyone involved. What? They get a contact high. It's really dangerous stuff. But she's a go-getter. Thanks for the support. Thank you also to Jarko Utu. Ah, Jarko. He's the CEO of Jarko. <laughs> they invented the f***ing jar. No way. That's insane, man. Wait, Jarko from Jarko Where Jars Go? That incredible slogan? That's right. They created the first jar designed only to hold other jars. Amazing. I mean, they got some bad PR after that jar. <laughs> that jar killing spree where the jars came to life and just trapped humans inside Using and suffocated the technology them. from Botsco, that's right. <laughs> that's how they did it. And then it's Jarco, where jars go to get smashed. Yeah. I hope business is picking up, man, after the, the whole killing spree thing. Good to see so many business tycoons listening to the podcast. I love it. Thanks also to Corey DiGenova. Corey, did you know the ice caps are melting? Did you know the forest is getting torn down? And that's why I think we don't have long left on this planet. It's time to to just grab as many fossil fuels as we can and get the F out of here. I think... What, off Earth? Off of Earth. There's got to be other gold mines in the galaxy. So you don't even want somewhere habitable that's, like, nice to live in? Nah, I... You just want a gold mine, a dusty, dark mine, a space mine. That's all I want. And I'll nuke it first for safety to just clear whatever's going on down there. you can't live on it. The first thing you'll do is nuke it. Uh, Well, I think Corey will nuke it. That's why I got him on board. Me and Corey adventure in space together, nuking shit, collecting gold. It's the dream lifestyle. But Corey, did you know that I can't fly a spaceship? And I should have warned you before we started and launched the bad boy. But did you know that we're probably going to die up here, Corey? Because I don't know where this treasure planet is. Did you know that, Corey? Corey's been dead for three months. <laughs> Just floating. Uh, thank you so much, Corey, for all your support. One day we'll find that treasure island or planet, whatever we're looking for. Thanks also to Oren Ben Shabbat. Knock, knock, Kit. Who's there? Oren. Oren who? Aren't you glad I didn't say Ben Shabbat? Ben Ben Shaban. I'm starting to realize this joke might not have the punchline <laughs> I was open for. I signed a check that my mouth cannot cash. 
Oren, I apologize for the poor delivery of your joke, but I will not apologize for the rich delivery of your patronage. Wow. Thank you so much for your support, Oren. Very much appreciated, Oren. Thanks also to Hans Christian Frick. I'm sorry to say we won't be needing a lot of hands where we're going, because in the hive, there's no hands. It's all wings, it's all stingers, it's all honey, it's all honey tokens. Exactly. Sweet, sweet honey. So, hands, if you don't mind mind rebranding a little bit, we'll have a ton of room for uh, B Christian Frick, Wings Christian Frick. Wings Christian Frick, yeah. Anything along those lines. Honey Honey Christian Flick is a pretty cool, a Frick, sorry, is a pretty cool rap name. Mm. Honey Christian. Honey Christian. Yeah, I like it. Just if you're thinking about rebranding yourself, we could always use a new rap artist in the hive. Always. So. So thank you, Hans. Thanks also to Darren Harsh. I don't want to be harsh, Darren, but I don't think you're hive material. Whoa, so rude. Darren, your honey quota has been down in Q4, and I mean it, man. We have a pretty loose loose demand for honey, but when I get bee after bee coming back, pollened up to the bee nips, and you're coming back there with little scraps of pollen, it, it's, I'm making it abundantly clear I have no idea what the f*** bees do. I think they roll about in a flower and then they it turns that into honey or they have sex with a queen or something. You also said the demand for honey in the market is pretty loose. (laughs) So we're not selling anything? No, we're not selling. It turns out no one wants honey anymore. It's full of sugars. It's bad for you. Darren, I'll give you another chance, all right? It's a new year. It's a new queue. And yes, the demand is low, so the supply can be low, Darren. If you're ready to deliver the goods or not. For now, you've got a place in the hive, sure. Thank you also to Emily Brightcop. Emily, more like Emma B. <laughs> That's right. Another buzz, buzz, buzzing contributor dropping another sweet piece of honey in the hive of the paranormal bees. Thank you, Emma B. We appreciate that sweet, sweet honey truth. Cannot stress enough. Don't know who the queen is. Don't know who we're making all this honey for. But we no one wants it, going. that's for sure. We gotta keep making it. Thank you, lastly but not leastly, to Lucas Cadle. Lucas Cadle just wants to cradle, but it's pretty hard with no hands and just little bee wings. Turns out you can't actually hold shit. You can just ro- <laughs> you can just roll around in pollen and make honey with your ass. Whatever the hell bees do. I don't know. With your ass? I don't know. Like, they have to shit, right? Do bees shit? Why would they... What? Look, we don't know what bees do, Lucas. All we know is we have a surplus of honey and nobody wants it. All right? So if we, I think if we just make a little more, if we have enough, maybe someone will bulk by. We appreciate your support. We hope that one day um, you can cradle or be cradled in a human hands or bee wings. But until then, thank you for your support. And thank you to everyone we've shouted out on this episode and previous episodes. To those who are still waiting on a shout out, thank you so much for being patient with us. We've got a little backlog, granted, but we're getting there slowly but surely each and every week. Uh, Hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Tune in next Tuesday because we'll be back with yet another paranormal tale. And don't forget, bees, to live fast, make honey, and die young, baby! (laughs) (laughs) 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.